the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Podcast. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is an American who owns his own physiotherapy company and has some very interesting views on how to live your best life. Alan Snyder. Hi, Alan. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm doing great, Nigel. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. So you live in New York. How long have you lived there and what is it like? So I live on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, which is in New York City. So New York City made up of the bigger boroughs, but I'm pretty much in what you think when you see the cabs in Times Square and Broadway. I don't live exactly right there, about 40 streets north. What is New York City like? It's great. It's a mishmash of people. There's a lot going on. Not right now, clearly. But when you think New York City, for me, the worst two things about New York City are the parking and traffic. So the first thing you do when you get here is you get rid of your car. You get a Metro Pass, and that's what you take around. And now that there's Uber, you can take that too. And it's great. There's always something to do here. There's always another group of people to meet. There's always another restaurant to go to. It's never boring up until March of 2020. Mm, I assume that's when COVID-19 kicked in. Yeah, that's pretty much when the, you know, the, the crap hit the fan here and things were starting to get more serious. Like I remember back in January, you know, we have the Super Bowl American football and I brought a six pack of Corona to the Super Bowl party being a jokester. Like, ah, hey, can you guys believe there's this Corona thing going on? And little did I know two months later, our city would be virtually shut down. And that's when everything, you know, you start to see one person with a mask and another person with a mask. And it's a very liberal place here. And having masks and wearing masks has become synonymous almost with political affiliation. Uh, I'm sure you've heard we have this president and he does what he does. And he is believing on no mask and open the economy and do that. And New York City, I'm, politically, I'm in the middle of the road, so I can talk either way. But we have a lot of more liberal people here who are all day, every day, wear masks. And that's how you get through all this right now. Well. As you said, at the end of the day, I think it's very much the same here in the UK because there is resistance to the official guidance in terms of, well, you know, there are people who don't want to wear a mask. So, you know, but at the end of the day, common sense should tell you that if you don't want to catch COVID, then basically you need to protect yourself the best way you can, whether that be a mask, whether that be wearing gloves when you go to the shop, which is 
what I do. But I also understand that you've actually experienced having COVID. I did, yeah. So being a, a physical therapist, which is the same as physiotherapist for people across the pond, I work with my patients one-on-one in a room and I was taking the precautions. I clean everything. I was separating my people out. And at the end of March this year, there was just a Saturday night that I was doing my thing. And next thing you know, I said, I, I don't feel so great. And I went, I went home and I was shivering and I basically had the flu for really, really bad for about 48 hours. I didn't have any breathing issues, that, which they've talked about, mm. but I consider myself a young, healthy person being 36 years old. And I was making sure I took care of myself. So I was completely in bed, maybe eating some crackers, drinking some water and sleeping for 48 hours. I was kind of lethargic for about a week. And then I had a tiny mm. little, little, little cough for about a month. But then after that, I was good to go and things have just been really slow here. I mean, my business shut down for two months and luckily there was unemployment and there's all types of ways of helping people out here. But right now it's a slow, slow, slow catch up. And I am definitely not back to where business-wise where things were pre-COVID. Well, you're a doctor. So how long have you been qualified and what do you specialize in? Yes. So I am a, I have a clinical doctorate in physical therapy. So I did four years of undergrad where I got a bachelor's of science in, uh, I got a bachelor's of science in exercise science. And then I got my doctorate in physical therapy, which is a three-year degree where you're in school kind of nonstop for three straight years, no summers off as a physical therapist, physical therapist. There's a lot of different spheres you can go into. The big ones are hospital. Then there's rehab. And then there's outpatient, which is what I do. So the hospital is when you're in the hospital and somebody comes to your room and gets you out of bed and gets you moving and gets you walking. Rehab tends to be more severe cases. Those are the people who think like a spinal cord injury, a car accident, somebody who needs to be in a facility for weeks at a time, but still is not back to 100%. And then they go home. And then sometimes we have home therapists. They come see people in their homes to get them back to 110%. I always say 110% because you can be better than 100% because most people are not running at 100%. And then when you're good enough to get going to where you have to go, or maybe you have an injury, maybe you have an ache or a pain, that's where I come in. That's when you come see me in my office and whatever it is, whether it's balance, strength, range of motion, uh, endurance, I'm there to get people back to healthy, healthy, functional living. That's what my goal is. Well, I also understand that you are a semi-professional dodge baller now you have to excuse my ignorance what is dodge ball so it's funny when i say semi-professional you know we have lots of so let's start with the obvious what is dodgeball dodgeball is a children's game where you put two teams in a gymnasium and they have these big balls and you throw them at each other and the goal is to hit another person. There's a movie, if you've never seen or heard of it, with Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller. It is, it's a very fun game that used to be around when we were kids, but then that turned into a little bit of a picking on people game, so they banned it in all the schools. But it's a lot of fun because you take these softballs, which you're not going to really hurt somebody, but you could leave a nice little red mark on somebody's face, which you're not allowed to throw it out their face anyways. But you could not really hurt people. But I was always good at that because when you throw it at somebody and then if the other person catches your ball, well, then it reverses the role. The person who throws it is out and the person who catches the ball gets another member of their team back on the, on the court who's maybe been eliminated. So it's meant to be a fun social game. In New York City, they have lots and lots of games and activities and leagues for people to play in that are social. They're meant to meet people. You come in and we have 
any sport you can think of from bowling to basketball to softball to flag football and soccer and volleyball. And they started adding dodgeball. And I ended up playing for two different teams nine months a year. And when I say semi-professional, I never got paid to play, but we were competitive. I mean, we were very good. There were championships here and there. Now, it was a dodgeball team that played dodgeball for one hour, and then we went to the bar for three hours. So you could make the argument that we were professional drinkers that played dodgeball for an hour. <laughs> but the point was to be fun, to be social. And some of my best friends in the world right now come from, I just put my name on a list. You pay your you know, $40, $50, and you, you go play, and then you get m- m- paired up with other people that kind of do the same. I've only been in Manhattan in New York City for 12 years. So you, it gives you a great chance to meet people and develop relationships and friendships and also love interest type of thing. So it's been so much fun, but being semi-professional is more – I'm pretty good. You know, I'm, I'll just put it out there. I was, I've played sports my whole life. I played hockey for most of my life. I play lots of different sports such as uh, baseball and softball. And I actually started training professional fighting about six years ago. I do the training, not the fighting. So <sighs> it's more going to the gym, hitting the pads, getting the workout. And it's actually how I met my current girlfriend because she was – new to the city, but she's been doing martial arts her whole life. And she just signed up for the gym that I was at. And we bickered for six months. And next thing you know, we lived together three more, three years later. Your kind of trajectory or your kind of activities, they seem very physical because obviously you're, you're doing, you know, helping people with their bodies and all of that kind of stuff. Why do you think that is? I think there's nature versus nurture. You have some people that are born and they want to look at butterflies and that's what they like. And then you have other people that were put into it when they were younger and they've grown up liking something. Now, I started playing sports at a young age, which is funny because my father couldn't care less about sports. He doesn't play. He doesn't move. But my mother thought, and it's great for kids for socialization to start off in recreational activities. And I enjoyed it. I liked it. I like watching sports. I am watching a sport right now in the background of this. I mean, I'm not really watching it, but it's on the TV because one of my favorite teams is playing right now. So I just kind of have one eye on that, but I love it. There's something inside me that loves this physical being in shape. And I'm not an Instagram model. I'm not six pack abs, but here in America, we focus on 30 minutes of exercise, of movement every day. And if you're not moving, you're dying. It's scary because I kind of grew up liking to play sports and the older I've gotten and the smarter I've gotten, I realize it's more of a necessity. When the World Health Organization puts out every year the census of people that have died in the, I think it's like two years ago, they're always a year or two behind, you find that the number one killer in this world, it's not COVID, it's not cancer, it is cardiovascular disease as it relates to stroke, heart attack, peripheral vascular disease, diabetes, all these things can be tied back to how healthy your heart is. I, I really, really could employ to anybody listening to this. If again, don't, you don't have to go run a marathon. You know, I did a 10 K a couple of weeks ago and people go, you ran a 10 K. I said, no, I moved for 10 K. I walked a lot of it, but I was out there. I had my sunglasses on. I was sweating. I was drinking water. It is surprising that the Benefits of exercise are so big and people still don't do it. And the numbers are really scary, Nigel. It's like one out of five people exercise. And the benefits of you are healthier on the inside, you feel better on the outside. Exercise makes you happier. 
you know, there's a, there's a great movie I love to quote. It's uh, Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, you know, she, she becomes his lawyer and she's defending her sorority sister who is on trial for murder. And her defense that she tries to come up with is she says, look, she exercises and exercise produces endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people don't kill their husbands. So she couldn't have done this. Murder. <laughs> and you know what? Like, clearly it's meant to be a movie, but there is truth to that is when you get out and when you move. And again, it's not about running. It's just about moving. You feel so much better and at the same time i know for me when you put on a pair of jeans from the previous year and they don't fit so well you feel worse mentally you feel physically it's just not the same Hmm. so i have kind of gotten into this mindset and i don't eat the healthiest i mean i have an unhealthy addiction to pizza i love pizza i'm sorry hello my name is alan and i'm a pizza addict if they had meetings i would go but you have to put in the work to at least try to take care of yourself. Kind of mentioned, it's the one thing with COVID, and I don't want to keep talking about COVID, but they don't talk about this. It's masks, don't wear a mask. Wear gloves, don't wear them. Nobody's out there saying, are you taking your vitamins? Are you, is your heart getting some exercise? Kind of what I told you, I legitimately was running, making sure I was running. And then I got sick and my body bounced back pretty quick. Because, and I know people in my age, unfortunately, that have passed away. And I'll just tell you, they were not a description of health. And if your lungs on the inside are not reflecting what your outside is, you're, you're not going to have a long, healthy life. And that's very sad. Mm. Well, I appreciate that answer because I was speaking to my mother um, earlier today, being Sunday, the 16th of August, 2020. And my mom is... 84 years old this year. She's a type 2 diabetic, but she's fit. She's a vegan. She has an exercise bike, which she uses every day before the advent of COVID. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, She would go for long walks. She keeps herself active. And one of the sayings that I like is basically, if you don't move it, you're going to lose it. Love it. Simple as it's really as simple as that. You have to keep, whether it's mentally or physically, you've got to keep yourself active. Nigel and Alan Snyder continue their conversation in part two. Coming soon. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another in conversation podcast coming soon.